Hey friends, and welcome to You Deserve to Love Your Job with me, Arlene Pace Green. My goal is to help you identify and achieve your greatest aspirations and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey. Let's go. I am so excited to let you know that the You Deserve to Love Your Job book is available. It's in paperback and Kindle. I wrote the book for anyone who is looking for more purpose, more meaning, and more joy in your work and life. Filled with examples, quizzes, and experiences from real people, including me, and the book lays out a roadmap to help you clarify your purpose and create an action plan to achieve it. Go get it. It's available on Amazon. What's up, friends, and welcome to this episode of You Deserve to Love Your Job. You are in for a treat. Today, my guest is Dr. Laura Eichel. Along with being one of my dearest friends, Laura is the founder of The Catch Group, an executive coaching practice and consultancy that specializes in solutions that advance key talent within organizations. The Catch Group believes that more diversity and authenticity are needed in the top jobs at organizations. The Catch Group's values first coaching framework focuses on leading with values to create inclusive cultures through authentic leadership. This framework is featured in her book, which is now available, called Values First, how knowing your core beliefs can get you the life and career you want. And we get into that framework in the episode. Laura's values, which we also talk about in this episode, have motivated her to lead authentically over her 15 plus year career as a strategic talent and organizational development executive. She leverages her years of coaching experience across multiple business functions to coach executives to meet their personal and business goals. Laura has held roles in Fortune 50 companies as an HR executive and was previously the chief learning officer of YPO. She's an adjunct professor at Southern Methodist University and is on the faculty of 5050 Women on Boards, the leading global education and advocacy campaign that's driving the movement toward gender balance and diversity on corporate boards, which we all know is critical. Laura is the podcast host of You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. And in this episode, today's episode, we talk about why values are so important to work satisfaction. Laura shares her values and provides strategies and tips for how we can identify our own. And then we talk about what we can do to live a life in alignment with our values, which we know contributes to work and life satisfaction. So again, welcome friends and enjoy. Laura, thank you for joining. I'm excited to have you. As I mentioned, Laura's a great friend of mine. So I'm excited about this conversation and we'll just really jump in. And one of the first questions I have, and this is, I was thinking, I don't even know if I know the answer to this. So I want you to tell me a little bit about your story in terms of how did you come to focus on values as a key component of just your work satisfaction, life enjoyment? Like how did that, how did that come about for you? Yeah, well, Arlene, thank you so much for having me. I am just so excited for this conversation. I love hanging out with you. So this is going to be the best part of my day and week for sure. Um, Yeah, so a little bit about my story. So, you know, you know, probably part of this, but some of this might be a surprise to you. So, you know, I, I consider myself, you know, a lifelong learner and, and, you know, I'm also an introvert. And so growing up, I was the quiet one in a house of a very loud Italian family. Family, right. Mm, so, yeah. um, so, you know, I was in my head a lot. 
I listened a lot. And I also was always watching people, Um, you know, in the role of my family, I was kind of like this mediator or, you know, coach to my family and friends. Like I was that person that, that they would come to Mm -hmm. and sort out difficult situations. And when I was little, the things that I would think about sometimes, you know, because I'm always in my head, you know, if, you know, fairness, for instance, was one thing that was very important to me. And I attribute that you might um, resonate with this as a a person with many siblings, right? Like, uh (laughs) like, are, is it fair? Right. (laughs) Right? It often feels like it's not probably, but yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so I'm, um, I'm kind of, in the middle. I'm one of four. I'm the the middle girl. And so um, I would sometimes feel lost in this because I'm the quiet one. Right. And so fairness was really important to me, but I started paying attention to those things. Right. So what, what is important to me? And then I, um, you know, early in school, I was drawn to psychology. I always wanted to understand how people and things worked. Hmm. Um, And, and after, so I was like dead set on, I am going to, I'm going to get my degree in psychology. And my dad's like, well, what you going to do with that? (laughs) every parent's question. When you say you're going to study psychology, they're like, Hmm, Hmm. he was like, well, you could, you know, go into HR. And at the time I did not even know anything about human resources. I was like, no, I'm definitely not doing that. Isn't that funny? I actually said, I'm not doing that. And I found social psychology and I was like, oh, this is really interesting because it talked about, you know, how groups work. And, and so that's what I decided to do. I'm going to be a social psychologist. And I had my heart set on that. And I was going to go to grad school for that. And in grad school, uh, so after, you know, after undergrad, um, majored in psychology and in grad school, I was like, oh, this is what you can do as a social psychologist. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to be an academia. And that, I, that did not feel right. And mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I was just going to ask you what else social psychologists do other than academia. I'm sure there's other things, but yeah. I think that's the main thing. It feels like a lot of studies and yeah, research. studies, applications. I think now there's a lot more models of social psychologists. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about or organizational psychologists, I guess, too, yeah. like Adam Grant, Brene Brown. Yeah, you're right. Um, those kinds of things. But when I was growing up, I didn't really see those kinds of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, they weren't really mainstream, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, academia, yeah, I don't know that that's for me. And I took another class that was organizational psychology. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's what I want to do because I could see the application of it. So I wanted to apply all of these things. I was like, you could totally do that and work. And I get to learn about lots of different things. Remember, I'm a lifelong learner. So wanted to learn about lots of different stuff. So then through my career, I studied personality um, and use, you know, lots of different assessments. I know you've used some of the same ones, understanding like how people tick, um, how that motivates them. You know, I've been in roles to then build the leadership capability of many leaders, hint, in human resources, right? I'll never do that. Never be in human resources. Uh Um, and, and guess what, you know, I, you know, I, uh, worked with you and, and grew up, um, within the human resources function. So we got to see, you know, so many leaders, 
and you know, we've seen lots of leaders. We've seen some really great ones and some yeah. not so great ones. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've, and I've got to see that at lots of different levels. So whether I was an individual contributor, um, whether I was a small company or a big company, you know, I started to see and paying attention to the ones that were doing it right. And the ones I resonated with, and usually they have a couple of things in common. They're accomplished, like they're getting stuff done, but it's more about how they do it right? It's the how, not just the outcome. And so they, to me, it's, they know what they stand for and they're leading authentically. And so, you know, that's, that's, uh, one of the things that, you know, has resonated with me in terms of, you know, I want to work for a leader. I want to work with a leader that shows up authentically. And to me, if you're, you're authentic when you do what you stand for and you do it consistently, So I saw the power of that and I've seen the power of of it as a motivator for teens, but then also for individuals. So, you know, what does authenticity mean to me? It's really living a life of your values. And and that to me is what's really fueled me and dug into some of these things, but that's really what's gotten me, you know, focused more as values as a key component to work in life, just because I can see the power of that. And I've seen it in action with some of the leaders that I've worked with along my career. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, even how you got into where you are, because I have a lot of people that maybe haven't figured that out yet. You know, I talked to, they haven't quite figured out what, sometimes it's college students, like my own college student, figuring out what they want to do career-wise. Sometimes it's adults who maybe have been doing one thing for a large portion of their life and now think they want to do something different. So even you just sharing kind of the exploration process you went through, you know, the class in high school, kind of thinking this was one area, being a lifelong learner, taking another class in grad school, just willing to, I feel like that's one of the factors in finding, just willing to explore and do things and continue learning until you found what was a good fit for you. And I love the authenticity, kind of the values helping you live authentically, because I definitely hear that from a lot of clients that feel like, I'm in this work environment, but in order for me to be happy here and in order for me to stay here, I have to feel like I can show up as authentically me and like how you do that in a way that's authentically you, but still align with the culture. I think, you know, people struggle with that on how do you figure that like, where is adaptation right? And where, you know, where do I really show up as authentically me? So I can see how this kind of clarity on your values, how that helps you do that essentially. And did you, did you come to that, like in a certain career, like where do you feel like you really started to explore what your values were? Um, You know, I've done so many assessments, just like so many other leaders, you know, there's a ton of values assessments out there. I think I took the first one kind of mid, maybe early mid career at a leadership class or something. And, you know, there's different ways that you can do it, but what it did was it kind of categorized different things that were important basically. Right. And so that, that language that it put around it, it was just so important. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it got me to, to really dig in and understand. I think that's why like this idea of knowing your values is so important, right? Mm -hmm. It's because it gives you that language to use. 
Like it helps you pay attention. It gives you something to ground yourself in. And I feel like, you know, in times when, like you said, like this idea of the culture, like if there's a match, if there's not a match, like there's all this, especially now with like, as you think about the great resignation and all the things that we've learned through pandemic, right? Values kind of give you a language to use. And it, it feels like it makes it just makes it more approachable in a way to say, Hey, this is the thing that's misaligned. This is the thing that, that doesn't feel right. Or conversely, you know, what a fun day at work. Like I am, I am so fulfilled. Why is that? Oh, well, maybe it's because I'm, I'm, I'm able to live authentically and I'm living with my values. I could see how the language would bring clarity because it's almost like you probably know your values deep down, but if someone were to say, what are your values? (laughs) I don't know Mm -hmm. that everyone could immediately answer that because you haven't really clarified it to your point. You haven't put the language around it. It's it's hard to say, oh, it's one, two, three, four, five, you know, or something. Yes, completely agree. And what I will find, what you find is that you hear, if, if you just say, oh, what are they? I will tell you, you do know what they are. Absolutely. But you might not have the words for them. Mm-hmm. And what I hear a lot often is, you know, oh, honesty, integrity. And they're just like kind of throwing them out there. Like, right. Yeah. That's um, family like that. Everybody. I was just that about one, to right? say something um, like faith, family, and you love, know, fun yeah. or so love. Right. Right. I mean, that's, that's at such a high level. It's probably, right. it's indicative of what you care about, but it's probably not detailed enough for you to actually go make decisions around it. I'm guessing. Exactly. So this idea of then to be able to, to get it, to, mm-hmm. to like, to articulate it, mm-hmm. it's not just important to be able to tell others. I'd say the most important thing is to, to be able to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what, that's the importance there is is to have that clarity so that you can use it. I use it as a way, I use it in so many ways. Now I use it as a way to be grounded. I use it in my leadership. I use it as a way to make decisions. And when I do that, it's almost like a filter, right? Mm -hmm. It's like this rubric that I can use and take out and, and see if it's, um, if it's something that is really the right thing for me or not. I could definitely see as a filter for decision-making and what you put your time to, because we all have more opportunities to do things and we have time to do it. (laughs) And so sometimes if you get to a point where you're overly busy or overly scheduled or just worn out from all the things that you're doing, yeah, I guess your values being one of those filters to say, okay, what's lining up with that, which means, okay, those things I'm going to keep and which of these things are just kind of, they're fun, or maybe they're interesting, but they're not really my thing. Um, so it's like, that's not aligned to my values. So why am I even spending my time on that? So I could see that yes. being really practical just in making decisions about opportunities that pop up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, it's something that you just mentioned, you're like, this might be fun. What I find um, more so people aren't doing things just because they're fun. They're doing them out of obligation. Mm. They're doing it out of pleasing <laughs> other people. They're yeah. doing it out of, this is what I should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I should be doing X. I should be doing Y. I'll, I'll share an example. So how I should be right. Yeah. So I remember, uh, you know, I was in, this was a, a time that we, well, we worked together for many okay. years. So, um, <laughs> but this was kind of mid career and I'm like, and I'm in this really big job at this really great company. And I have, you know, I'm married, have 
two small kids and I'm like, I'm, I should be making it. I'm in it. I'm doing this thing. I'm doing the mom thing. I'm doing the career thing, the white thing. And I'm miserable Uh, and I'm, and I'm not happy and I'm doing all the things out of obligation, right? Like I should be happy. I should be this. I should be that. You know, I, I find myself, I'm like dreading my commute to the office. Well, I don't like love a commute anyway, but like, I'm dreading like going in, I'm staying in my car a little bit longer, listening to that podcast (laughs) or I'm, you know, I'm like, I really have the Sunday scaries, right? Like, Oh, that's week. Oh my goodness. And I was unfulfilled. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I am not, something's going on. Something's wrong. And, you know, you counseled me at that time. Our, uh, our good friend, Mark counseled me at that time. And he was like, Hey, Laura, you need to be able, like something's going on here. You need to name it. Mm -hmm. And so that's where he said, Hey, you need a language around this. What's going on. And so that's where my values came up. And I, I started doing some internal digging and what I was able to name was that I wasn't challenged enough. I wasn't learning enough. I was, I had this really great role and I was in it, but I had been in that role for like four years. Right. And so I needed to change some of my internal thinking was what's wrong with me. Nothing was wrong with me. Of course not. Mm -hmm. I needed to change that situation, but I need to put like some kind of name to it. And so that's where my values really helped me was to say, Hey, I am not fulfilled. And this is why, and what can I do to then take action? And so that's, you know, being able to name it, you know, help me internally say, I'm doing all these other things for all these other people. I'm fulfilling all these other obligations, but I'm not doing that for myself. And what could that have looked like? Well, how was I leading? How was I showing up? Probably not as my authentic self. Yeah. I mean, I honestly feel like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to say what I've seen. <laughs> my experience has been, I feel like, especially as women, sometimes women, especially feel, do a lot of what they think they should do, as opposed to, to your point, what you actually want to do, what may be lined up to your values or even what you just want to do. Like yeah. showing up at a lot of events. Cause you feel like you should be there. You know, it's like, Instead, just, you know, send a gift and say no to the event. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like, we just, we add a lot to our lives and calendars trying to do what we think we should do. Um, When in reality, it's like, who said, like, who said you should do that? Where are you get, where are we getting this from that we should be at all these different things? Like I, yeah, I really, I say no. I remember one time in my career, I would look at my calendar every week and try to cancel 50% of the meetings. Ooh, <laughs> so that's I would good. look out like two, three weeks ahead, like, cause I would be in all these things. I thought I should be for this mm-hmm. or someone. So I can see how your values would help you be able to do that. And you mentioned lifelong learner is one. What are like a few other just sample values? If people are thinking like, what, what might their values be? And I know in your book, you have lots of people to choose from, but what are some, like, what are some examples of other values? Um, so my, I'll tell you mine. Um, so I do have family. We joked about it a minute ago, but yeah, it is. One of mine is family. I have Mm -hmm. growth, um, which is that lifelong learner. I have development, which for Mm -hmm. me means developing others. Um, achievement, that's been something that I've done kind of my whole life. This idea of finding sometimes it's, um, it it's tied to that growth as well, but achievement, I have advocacy and then also balance. And for me, balance is, uh, it's not work-life balance. I don't think that's a thing. I think balance for me is I mentioned I'm an introvert and I have to get the right balance of like alone time, um, you know, moving my body, 
whether that's exercise, a walk outside, those kinds of things, mm-hmm. um, and time for myself and to getting that balance to get that, you know, the pace of my week, right. You know, other people that I've coached, you know, they have, um, impact comes up a lot or influence, um, okay. connection, community, lots of different things like that. Knowledge, sometimes like being a subject matter expert um, is very important to somebody. Um, Power comes up and that usually is like influence or sometimes it's even, yeah, I want that big job title and, and they feel a little bit bad about it. And I say, you know, don't, if that's your value, let's do that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's um, also, you know, values of wellness, uh, self-care, all of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, What comes up for you? What are your values? Yeah, definitely. So my faith is one. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely family actually is one. Uh, Connection is one. So I, I just love connecting with other people. So I invest a lot of times in my friendships Mm -hmm. in my connections with people at my church or also friends, but just building broader connections. I spend, I invest a lot of time in that because I find value in it. And also I get energy from that. So if I'm, I've noticed if I'm stuck on something, connections help me get unstuck. So mm-hmm. as you know, I've asked you for a thousand things. I'm always like, Laura, who do you use for this? Like, Laura, who do you use for that? So these connections help me definitely community. I always want to feel like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, like a positive influence in whatever community I'm a part of. So community is definitely one and you know, I don't know, if, I don't know if I call it lifelong learner, but knowledge, like I yeah. always want to feel like I know as much as I can know about whatever topic I'm studying. So if I'm like, if I'm doing a Bible study that couple weeks before, while I'm like studying, I'm looking at all the commentary, you know, whatever it is, like this knowledge kind of helps me feel like, okay, at least I know what other people know is known. And then I can kind of process that and see what else I might add to it. But I like to know what's known. So definitely knowledge. So yeah, I could see that. I mean, and I've definitely seen advocacy. I was thinking about your values. I see those in your life. Like I see them in how you spend your time. I see them in what you volunteer for because we've done some of that together. So I definitely see your values aligning with how you live your life. So what can people do if they feel like there's a misalignment? Like maybe their values are family, lifelong learner, um, even like you're saying, and now they look at their life or their work and say, I don't, that's, I don't see that in any of my life right now. Like there's a misalignment between what they want and what they're experiencing. What do you think? What would you recommend people do in that situation? Well, first I would say welcome because, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. Get, that's, guess what? That's everyone. I yeah. mean, and it, I think it's to the degree, right? So I will say that you can have, you know, you know, I have my values. Um, you can have a lot of clarity around it. You can understand what they are, but then, you know, you're going to have gaps. If you are, I don't, I've not met one person yet, Arlene, if you meet that person, you introduce me, Um, but um, it's not always going to match. And I, and I think that, I think that's okay. And then if it does, then I might say, Hey, maybe you might even need to revisit them is, are those even the same ones? And that's why it's this continual evolution. So I would say first, welcome to the party. (laughs) Everybody has to get there to some extent. And I would just say the first thing to do is if you, if you have that, you know, what's the most pressing thing to identify? So I want you to start with one thing. So what's that one value? You know, I say, identify at least five to seven. Okay. Right. And anything more than seven, it's just a lot, just a lot of things to live up to. Right. And a lot of things to do at one time. And even of those, which is the one that's just most important right now, 
you know, and in my life, um, my values have generally stayed the same now that I've, you know, realized like what they are and I, and I use them, um, to make decisions. I reflect on them a lot. They, but they've, they've even evolved. Even the definitions of them have changed. And so what I would say is what's most important to you right now. So pick one of your values. So for instance, for me right now, maybe development's the one that's most important. And maybe it's because I'm not spending as much time developing others, whatever it might be. So I might say, Hey, what is that one? And then what does that look like? And then let's make some steps to address that one thing and for that one value. And that's the one place to start. So it, I don't want this to think of this. It has to be this huge life change that I'm going to be making big career changes and, and big life changes. It, you could do that. And I have used my values to make big life decisions. But I will say that if you start with some of the just everyday small things, then that can help you build the muscle to then make some of those bigger decisions. So um, there's a there's the next step after you identify your values, then what I want you to do is understand how are you, how are the, your values show up in your time? You mentioned to me by knowing me, you can see how my values show up in my time, but I will say you have an outside view of me. Like you might see things that I don't even realize. Right. And so what I would suggest in the next step in the process is to audit your time. And that is part of the framework in the book that I describe how to do that. I give you a worksheet to do that. But once you do that, you can evaluate how are you spending your time on a given week and then you overlay, okay, is that aligned to one of my values? And what you might find, it might surprise you. Usually we, our minds go to, oh, I'm not living my values and they're this huge gap and I have all this work to do, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, you might also know that the opposite is true. This idea of, oh, this is in line with my values and I didn't even realize it. Isn't that interesting? So for instance, I have one coaching client who did this and they said, you know, I love you know, spending time with family. So family was one of hers as well. Um, but then also, um, creativity was another one of her values. And she realized that, you know, she loves to cook and part of her creativity comes through Mm. cooking. And she realized that two of these kind of overlapped on the same activity, cooking with her family. And she didn't even realize that's what she was kind of doing until she audited her time and was like, wow, that's really an interesting insight to say, I'm getting like multiple values fulfilled with this one activity of cooking dinner with family. And so isn't that interesting? Let's prioritize to do that even more. So that's just one realization that you might have. You might then also realize, okay, there's other things that I can like to your point, like I can get rid of, you know, a certain percentage of things that are not aligned to my values and then start filling that time in with things that are. Okay. I love that. Start. So start small, figure out what's most salient to you now, which may be one particular value because either it's something you're missing or it's really important to your life right now. And I definitely think things change because like I said, connection is one of my values. And I really value that with friends and my family as well. And also extending that to friends and others. But I remember when I was working, we were working together (laughs) I had this really big job and it just was really busy at the time. And, you know, family being another value, I felt like, you know, I can't do all this right now. Like it's not going to happen. And so I really decided that connections to friends was going to be less Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that I could spend the time I felt like I needed with my daughter and my husband, just kind of managing the things at home that I felt like needed to be managed. So I could see at that time, had I tried to say, I'm going to try to fit in all seven of these values at a high level. 
it would have been, it would have felt overwhelming and would have been overwhelming because it's not connection was important to me, but relatively it was a little less important at that time because of the other things I was managing. So I could see how kind of start with one, like start start with with the one. one that's most salient to you, that's most important to you right now. And so what, what you can do to get that in alignment first. And to your point, that might bring clarity. Honestly, you know, if you can just get rid of a little bit of the negative things or a few things that are causing you burnout or whatever, it can bring so much clarity to the other parts of your life. Like you might get rid of that and feel like, oh my God, my life's amazing. I just was, there was just one thing that was in the way, or you might, to your point, get rid of one thing or add something and feel like, oh, now I can go do something else. Like I can go address another area. Um, so yeah, a little bit of clarity actually can have a really big impact. So I could see that being helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I love that example. And, um, to your point, like it's what is salient right now, right? It also, um, what I found too, through, um, work with my clients is that something they thought was a value ended up not being super important to them. So they're like, well, let's just kind of put that one on the back burner. (laughs) See if there's anything else that's coming up. And, and we kind of narrow our focus. Another thing this kind of time review will do is it'll, it'll show you like other things that you might not like that you're doing like, right. So I'm, I'm spending time binging Netflix, or I'm looking at my phone, or you might start seeing patterns. And for me, I know that if I start doing some of those like escapism (laughs) behaviors that like, I might be avoiding something or Mm -hmm. I I might just not be aware of it. And so, um, I try and do that at least once a year that like this idea of, you know, looking at my time because I can usually find or reshift or something. I, you know, I don't need to scroll on Instagram potentially every day. Right. And if I am, what might I enjoy more? Like I know that I love reading. And so if I haven't read, it might be because I'm doing something else. Right. And so even those little shifts could make a huge difference in your day. I just saw a post from someone the other day while I was scrolling on Instagram, probably. (laughs) (laughs) but I saw a post the other day that said something about basically how much time are you spending looking at someone else's life versus experiencing your own? I was like, Dang it. That is Dang it. That's a good one. <laughs> so good. I mean, especially with everything that just happened with, you know, Will Smith and the Oscar. I mean, it can really suck you in to spending a lot of time thinking about <laughs> focused on contemplating what's going on in someone else's life when it's like, is that valuable time spent or is my time more valuable spent experiencing my own life? You know? So I think that's, I can see that there are probably a lot of little time wasters that are almost, they're just bad habits. It's not even like you're getting a lot from it. It's just like, you're sitting here bored, you know, you're in the doctor's office. Absolutely. Instead of listening to Audible, it's like, I'll just pick up my phone and scroll through almost of a bad habit. Right. And I'm not saying that I don't do that because I still do. Of course I do. I do too. (laughs) But, um, and I'm not saying that you have to live every minute by your values. Like, no, no, no. Let, let's be clear. Look for, look for insights, look for things that, you know, if I swap that out, like to your point, like when I go to the doctor's office, maybe I'm bringing my book with me instead of assuming I'm just going to look on Instagram, whatever it is, but really knowing what those are. But I would also say you have to be also be able to know what, what you're going to spend your time on. And to me, that's defining success of your values. Like, how do I even know? Like, how do I know if I'm living a life of my values? It seems so like 
you know, is, is that a fluffy thing? Is it lofty? Is it aspirational? And I would say, Hey, you know what? you know what success means to you because you know yourself and you know what good feels like and you know what fulfilled looks like. And so that too can kind of change over time. So another exercise that I love doing is, you know, if I don't like the way I'm, you know, if I'm scrolling on Instagram, we'll go back to that example. What might I do instead? Well, you know, balance is really important to me. So what does balance look like? Maybe it's, you know, it is going for the walk or it is reading a nonfiction book, or it is a whatever. But if until I define those for myself, I won't know. So I think that's another kind of second layer of that exercise is this idea of what are signs of success? Signs of success, like for you are going to be very different than they are for me, right? Especially if we have the same value, we have very similar values, you and I, but I bet they look very different. Like family to you might mean very different things than family to me. Mm-hmm. And so it could be quality time. It could mean activities. It could be cooking together. It could be lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think another step of this process is defining what success means to you. And just like we said before, this is going to change over time too. Right. And so that's why I think it's going to be really important to, to do some self-reflection. I like to look at my values every 90 days, this idea of checking in and saying, okay, are the, first of all, are these still my values? how, how do I feel about them? Like, am I meeting them? Am I not in terms of, yeah, this is important. And I'm generally doing that. And then what might need to change? So this idea of success, like, I don't want to build this huge lofty goal that I'm never going to achieve. Instead, let's look at it quarterly and let's say what feels right now, what needs to be prioritized now and how can I get more to that. In addition, let's celebrate what's working. I don't think we do that enough. Right. And so, you know, how can you celebrate that? And what are you doing to do that? And it might be like living into one of your values even more as like a celebration or whatever, but, um, that time of reflection is not just how can I do it better? It's like, Hey, let's reflect on what's working. I could see that. I mean, cause your point around, you may have the same value, but what success and that value looks like to you might be really different. I remember this even from um, one of the first diversity and inclusion classes we took. This was mm-hmm. a component of that where like they were talking about family and they were saying, you know, for one person, like for me, my value of family, it certainly includes like my husband and my daughter, my nuclear family, but it definitely includes my expanded family, like my nieces, yeah. my nephews, my godchildren, like they're also, when I evaluate family, that's super important to me. My sister, you know, just kind of the broader group is important to me and being really supportive of them is super important to me. But they were saying like one person might define family as really quality time. And, you know, it's more about the investment of time. Someone else might define their value of family by working so I can provide what my family needs so I can put money in the college fund or, you know, whatever it might be. And so sometimes we assume that we are misaligned with people, sometimes even people really close to us when actually we're really aligned on what our values are like me and my husband or whoever else might really value family. But what that means to you specifically in terms of how you get that value met could be very different things. So I think it is important to say, okay, if faith or family or lifelong learning, whatever it is, is important to you, like at least click down one and say, okay, what would success in that mean to me? Because it probably is really different by person. 
Yeah. And also success, like this idea impacts the word success too. I, I would consider as with like high achieving people and success means like, it's a kind of a loaded word. Like, am I doing it? Am I not? Or, you know, yeah. and so success might be go outside and for five minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's success for today. And so I think we also need to just, just talk about that because success doesn't have, again, doesn't have to be this huge goal. It could be really small things and it probably should be, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and maybe it's varied things and maybe it's just trying new things, you know? So as we talk about success, it could just look different than it does today. And so just being open to that, that it doesn't have to be this like huge life changing. I, I got this huge new job and it's mission driven organization. I'm you know, it doesn't have to be huge and big. It can be success. Like give yourself grace to have small successes and that's how success is defined, right? That's it. That's great. That's, and that's wonderful. Cause if I can do that and I'm doing that consistently, then that's you living out those values. Even again, even if it's smaller, what that will do is then help you do that and make those big decisions and big changes later, even easier. And it'll have more clarity. And I think too, this idea of once you get the language of values, you'll start seeing it more. You'll be like, oh, you'll be able to like get that. If you are uncomfortable or not fulfilled, you'll be able to name it a lot faster. And so this idea of, you know, I don't always do things perfectly still, of course not. I'm not always spending my time aligned with my values, but I'm fine. I find that sometimes I'm, I'm more aware of it sooner than I was before. Because it's, it's just something that I, you know, keep in my mind. It's like, it goes back to that filter. Mm-hmm. I could say that. I mean, cause I'm just thinking, I remember when I read, so we'll talk more about your book, but I remember when I first read like an early copy of your book mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God, I love this. And I think I emailed you. I was like, where's that sheet that goes with <laughs> I was like, where's this value sheet? Where's the exercise that goes with it? And you're like, okay, it's not totally done. I was like, yeah, send it anyway, (laughs) because I think it really does help you to have a language and then to be able to say, and I did the exercise at that time. Like I was like, okay, let me list my values. Let me figure out where I'm in alignment or not, or what's most salient to me. And I think part of it was reinforcing for me. Like it was like, wow, you know, I feel like you're, you know, there's a lot of alignment here. There's some kind of little things I could do, but there was a lot of alignment and that was reinforcing. And you're right. It was like little things that I could do to keep moving, you know, kind of things I didn't want out more in that I did want. Um, but yeah, I could, I could see how the, the little steps towards success would be super helpful for people. Yeah. Cause it yeah. was for me. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess I know, I want people to know how they could learn more about this. And I know you have a, Laura has a podcast. She has a book coming out. Um, she offers coaching individually and through programs. So just maybe, I know the book is coming out. So maybe just talk a little bit about what's in the book first and then just how people can learn more from you and get connected to you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, yeah. So the book is called values first, how knowing your core beliefs can get you the life and career you want. And it's based on the values first framework that we've basically been talking about during this episode. And so I lay out 
a six-step plan on how to do that. And the acronym for the plan is values. So it's easy to remember. Mm -hmm. um, and then I coach you through how to do that. So this is the exact coaching methodology that I use with my clients one-on-one -on -one and in my group coaching program. And so I wrote the book so that others can gain access to it and start using it. Cause I love this. One of my core values is development. And so I wrote the book so that other people can learn how to do this. And so that I can scale it to make it accessible to anybody who wants it. And okay. so, um, in a, with the book is a, a workbook and accompanying workbook that comes with it that you can download for free. And like we said, it has lots of different exercises to get you into action. So I want people to learn how to do this. And I, and I describe it through stories about myself, stories about people that I've worked with and stories of coaching clients. You might even if you read the book, you might even hear a couple of stories about our friend Arlene here. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, so um, it's, it's called the values first framework. And so the idea is that you read the book and follow along with the, the worksheets to really understand your values. And then I teach you how to take action on them. And, you know, I, I was, as you were describing that, I was remembering another part that's in the book that I think people would find really valuable around once you figure out your values and maybe some steps you want to take, like how you build moats or I think on boundaries, boundaries yeah. around your values yeah. so that it's, it's not only doing it kind of like point in time and choosing it, it's then figuring out, okay, what am I going to put in place so that actually I can sustain, you know, these yes. things that I want to do. And I feel like that is like hot topic right now in terms of now that we're all, many of us, I won't say all, but many people have blended kind of work and home, whether you're working from home or even if you're working out, you know, in, in the workforce, like out outside of your home, the conversations people are having are much more kind of, um, personal. Like it's still more blended, even if you're yeah. working in an office environment. So I think this focus on boundaries right now, especially for people could be, even if you kind of know what your values are establishing right boundaries so you can actually sustain them in this particular environment. I think people would find really helpful. I love that section. I think people would find that really helpful. Yeah. And I, and I think about boundaries. I told you before, I kind of don't believe in work-life balance, but I do believe in prioritizing your values. And that is, that is the difference. And so you do that through making, through building boundaries and doing it consistently. And so you think about boundaries, think about boundaries as a way to like wrap your value wrap around your values. You're almost protecting your values. You're, you're giving it love, right. And you're, you're building those systems to put in those in place to, to intentionally live that life. So it could be around your time. It could be around your thought processes, but it gives you a way to do that. And so through the framework, I teach you how to build boundaries and you're going to be more motivated to stick to them because they're tied to something that's so important to you, your values. Sometimes it's easy to establish them, hard to, to keep them and maintain them, especially when someone pushes against them. So I love, you give really, I feel like practical advice to people on how to establish boundaries, maintain your boundaries, even when, and it's even a couple, you all gonna love the book. There's even a couple examples you share about times when like other people were pushing against it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to deal yeah. with the, 
the perspective of other people on your boundaries and just how do you get through that, which can be kind of challenging. So I, I love yeah. that. There's lots of conflict that comes up for it because the, mm-hmm. you're basically teaching people how to, how to interact with you. What's okay. Yeah. And what's not okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's uncomfortable too. It's <laughs> <is> just building <laughs> these boundaries and then just enforcing them. Like that's a yes. whole other podcast, but <laughs> we could, let's do that. The boundaries. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's in the book. Y'all gotta, that's yeah. That I love that whole section because I think that's so real. That's so today. And it's so real. And it's what a lot of people struggle with. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Good. So how should people learn more? Like, what do you think? Yeah. What's the best way they can find the book or what's the best way to learn more? Yeah. You can learn more in a couple of ways. You can go to the website at the catch slash values first, or you can um, listen to the podcast called you belong in the C-suite where I talk even more about this with different guests and um, dig into how to live a life of your values. Okay. Love that. Love that. Okay. So before I let you go, I like to do these lightning round questions, which are just short answers really quick, just to let people learn more about you and kind of your experiences. So first question, what's the most unique job you've had? I don't know if you know this about me. I worked at an amusement park and I worked at the rock climbing wall and I belayed people. I was the person at the bottom of the rope that would hold you up in case you fell. Um, and I am also scared of heights. And so (laughs) (laughs) I stayed on the ground, stayed on the ground most of the time. Yeah. You had, you had people safety in your hands. I did. And that was, I, you know, I was certified in all the good things, but yeah, didn't, (laughs) didn't do a ton of climbing myself, but stayed (laughs) on the ground. Um, what is one thing you do consistently to enjoy your life? Um, one thing that I do consistently, I love walking outside. That's been one of my favorite things here recently, especially as the weather has gotten cooler. I love it. Love it so much. Me too. Honestly, I, I try to do it every day. I don't get to it every day, but when, when I do, I feel so much more refreshed and to your point, it doesn't have to be long, but just something about getting outside for me too. just, it makes all the difference. Okay. What is one of your favorite things? Could be anything. It could be a book. It could be a life. What was just any favorite thing of yours? This is related. Um, I love eating outside. Really? (laughs) I love it. I love eating outside when it, when it's cool, when it's cool enough. Um, yeah, I love just, you know, those afternoons or, or, you know, brunch outside, eating outside with family, catching up with people outside. I love, I love a good, uh, patio restaurant. Good patio lunch, patio. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, what's one business hack you've learned? So Laura's had a, as I said, in the intro, like a long corporate career. She also has now started her own business. So what's one business hack you've learned? Would you say, um, outsource the things you aren't great at. And oh. so, you know, you don't have to be good at everything. And I am not, I am not good at a lot of things, Arlene. And so, but the beauty of it is that there are lots of people who are, Um, so one example of that is I have a podcast as well that we talked about and, um, I love building the content, but I cannot, I don't know how to get it into people's ears. Like that is not my, like the technology behind it all, the editing. I have no idea how that all happens. So I get to hire really great people that I love working with like Samantha who does that. And she loves to do that. So outsourcing things that you are not great at is my hack. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah. And shout out to Samantha. I got, that's my connection. Another one of Laura's people. I was like, Laura, who's doing your podcast? <laughs> and she's been amazing. So I'm gonna, in the show notes, I'm going to put her contact information because she really is fantastic. And then what's one last question? What's one word of wisdom or piece of advice that you try to live by? Yeah. Um, so I heard this on another podcast, um, Amy Porterfield's podcast. I was listening to one time on a plane and it, um, she said, if you're uncomfortable, then you are learning. And I really like that because I, sometimes when I'm uncomfortable, I go down a rabbit hole of I'm not good enough. Um, but really that's exactly where I should be because if you start something new, you're not going to be good. You're going to be uncomfortable. And so every single time, very consistently, right? And, And so if I'm, if I'm uncomfortable, then I'm learning. And that is again, aligned with my, you know, lifelong learning and my value of growth. And so that is very grounding to me. Yeah. I, I love that. Just is such good advice. I was thinking about how Lord knows this before we launched the podcast, I sent her a note. I was like, maybe I'll mothball the whole podcast because it was so uncomfortable to put yourself out there to do things that are different. Like you really can start to doubt yourself and get to a point where you don't do something you really are supposed to do just because of discomfort. So I think that idea of when you're uncomfortable, you're learning. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. It means you're doing something new and you're learning. So you got to lead into it a bit. So I love that advice. Yeah. And I will tell you that that's an, a very big feeling when you start building those boundaries, you feel uncomfortable and you feel like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Well, guess what? It's new. So you're learning. So keep doing it. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. I love it. Well, good. Well, Lord, thank you so much for joining. You all have to go get her book values first. Um, it's fantastic. I've read it. I've done the exercises myself. Um, I told you, I sent her a note saying, give me that stuff before it, went, before it even went live. So definitely get that. Thank you much so much for joining. And um, yeah, we'll talk soon, but <laughs> I'm glad a chance that our listeners got a chance to hear from you. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your partnership. As always, you're one of my favorite people in the whole world. And I'm so excited that you're on this journey and that we can continue learning from each other. I know that's the best part. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, be well, everyone. Thanks so much for joining. If you love this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're also invited to join my private email group where I share tips, resources, freebies, and ideas to help you love your job and grow your business. Click join the crew in the show notes.